Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the Georgia game, the semi-final playoff game. <sighs> I love that. I love the ring of that. This sounds fantastic. So before we get into it, let's get into everything else. Uh, guys, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and rate and all that kind of stuff. Tell me I'm great. Tell me I suck. I don't care. I'll give you a shout out. I just need five stars to get in front of every to get in front of as many Michigan fans as possible because I want this thing to grow. I want to become a uh, you know I really want this thing to be a successful deal. Because, let's face it, we all love it, right? We all love Michigan football. We all love Michigan sports. So let's do this, right? Let's support our independent people. Um, Also, uh, go to Spotify. And they also have now a five-star system. So go ahead and give your boy five stars on that one as well. I would love to, love to really start dominating the Spotify uh, listenership, right? Also, um, guys, if you're doing rating or reviewing on any other platform, uh, unfortunately, I don't get any of the updates on that. So, therefore, I don't know if, if you're making fun of me, if you're not, if you love it, whatever. Like, so if you're listening to Podbean or, um, I don't know, Podcast Addict or Stitcher or whatever else, if you're leaving reviews on those things, I have no idea. Um, and the whole point of this is so we can contact one another and have a good time talking, chopping it up, doing the whole thing. So let's do it, right? Um, all you can find me on all uh, social media. You know, you know where to find me: IG, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all of it. Now, recently, I haven't been on it too much, only because of work. Work has been crazy. People are traveling like crazy. I mean, the bags are nuts. Everything is bonkers right now. Um, like a bunch of people just tested positive for COVID. I haven't. Your boy's killing it. Um, but uh, so other people have. So it's really been bonkers over the last couple of days. Um, or this holiday season anyways. So. Whew, all right. Where do we start with this Georgia team, right? I mean, I know the other day in my uh, exhaustion haze that I did this podcast where I compared them to Iowa or Wisconsin. And I still kind of believe in that because they do uh, they do dominate the, uh, I think it's the West or South or I don't know, whatever their stupid, whatever their stupid division is. Um, and yeah, they, I think they're more like Wisconsin to be quite honest with you because they they dominate their they dominate their um, conference they or their division and they always have to beat Ohio or their version of Ohio State which is Alabama. It, you know it is what it is. I'm not going to get into it again. But they are interesting to me. They're interesting to me because they remind me. The I'll get into Don Brown a little bit later, but. They've had an interesting season where they've played teams that were supposed to be good and did not turn out to be that way at the end of the season, right? And that's always been one of my biggest complaints when people do that argument to us. When they're like, oh, well, you played Wisconsin and they weren't very good, you know, at the end of the season. I know they were ranked this when you played them, but that really wasn't that great of a ranking and blah, blah, blah. And... I don't want to hold that against Georgia because you can't control where teams ranked when you play them, right? Like Clemson. 
third in the nation when they played him. Wasn't really that great, as we can see. Um, Kentucky, 11th in the nation when they played him. Not that good. Um, Arkansas, 8th when they played him, right? Just not the 8th ranked team in the nation. So, I give Georgia credit for beating them when they were ranked at the time that they were ranked and all that kind of stuff. I give them that. But also, the thing that I noticed about that is these records are a little, or the schedule is a little misleading because Georgia played um, only two teams that were tough on their schedule or considered tough on their schedule at their, like away from Georgia. And Tennessee, which, let's face it, Tennessee has a, a very high powered offense, and I think their quarterback started to figure out towards. The end of the season to the middle of the end of the season when they weren't playing uh, Switchem with uh, Milton, so they started to kind of roll. But it's Tennessee; they really haven't found their way yet, and they haven't for a while. So, eh, okay. So they play Tennessee, who's actually ranked thirteenth in the nation for overall offense, offensive output, which isn't bad. I mean, because Michigan's fourteenth. So Tennessee's got a way about them, right? But even then, you know, Georgia really kind of shut them down. And then they played Auburn at Auburn. Outside of that, they played Arkansas at home. They played Kentucky at home. They played Florida at home. They played, I think, even Missouri at home. Not that Missouri's a, a like a killer, you know what I mean? But they did have a really good run game that they completely shut down. And then, then they played Clemson, though, at a neutral field. So, that kind of gives me kind of hope, right? Like, if you can play them at a neutral field and only win 10-3 to with an interception return for a touchdown being the uh, the one separation of it, I, you know, I got hope. You know, I really do. I, I So, talking about Don Brown earlier, this team, this defense, really reminds me of a Don Brown defense if... Don Brown had nothing but four and five stars on his defense, right? Because they're really good at beating up on fake good teams like Arkansas, like uh, Auburn, you know, like Clemson. Really good at, at exposing decent teams and crushing bad teams. But when you play really good teams or elite teams, they get blown out the water, right? Ohio State, uh comes to mind. Alabama comes to mind with Don Brown. Um, just pick a bowl game. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, that's what they kind of remind me of. It's just like, they really look good and they really look dominating until they play a team that matches up well with them and not scared of them. And then they get punched in the mouth and they don't know how to return any type of volley, any type of anything. They don't even know how to throw a punch back. I mean, look what Alabama did to him and pretty, I mean, pretty easily. I went back and watched that game. They dominated that game. Uh, Georgia showed some signs of life, thank God, or mainly due to that tight end of theirs. That Bowers kid is, uh, he's unbelievable. Um, so, 
Yes, I think this is going to be a great test to see where Michigan is offensively. I'm very, ex- I'm very nervous, but I'm very excited because, like I said, I think with the way Josh Gaddis has been calling plays lately, the way he's setting you up to think one thing and then he does another, being able to make two or three plays look exactly the same, but they do absolutely different stuff. I mean, the best example of this is I was wa- I was watching something on YouTube with Kurt Herbstreit, and I hate giving this guy credit because most of the time he annoys me. But Herbstreit was uh, talking about and showing examples in the Big Ten title game where uh, Josh Gaddis made one formation look the same through three different plays, but it had all different, you know, uh, results to it and different uh, plays called out of it. And just the way he's leading you to believe one thing and then setting you up for another has been really great. And I think that's, that is the one thing I can't wait to see how we deal with Alabama, not Alabama, with Georgia. I want to see if we can confuse that defense. I want to see how J.J. McCarthy uh, plays into all this, right? Like that part of the equation. Because um, he could, in my opinion, he could have a fantastic game. Like, I, I See, I, I don't want to discount Cade either because Cade, every time we need Cade to play big, he plays big. And that's huge for us, right? Like that is something I... I really have grown to cherish about that young man is that he really steps up when we need him to. So I think a lot of what I was saying in that last podcast from what I remember because I was exhausted was the pacing of this game. The offense really has to get that defensive line or that front seven really moving kind of like what Michigan State did to us. The, the pacing, the speed of it, we've got it, boom, 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 boom. Because you're going to wear out that big that big front four that they have. Their, their linebackers are top-notch, absolutely top-notch, and that is something that we're going to have to take advantage of. But if we can take care, if we can take advantage of Iowa's a very good linebacking core, I think we have a very good chance to use the aggressiveness uh of Georgia's linebackers against them with setting up of different plays from the same formations. I, I really think that Gaddis is going to excel in this. He's got a month to figure out that one that one uh, group because I, their front four is very good. Jordan Davis is a f- beast, absolute beast, but he's a beast for two downs, two downs out of the four, which is Pretty good for the most part because in most teams, if you just get them to a long third down, you know, a third and eight, uh, you know, you don't need him in there. You know what I'm saying? You don't need him in there. You rest him up. So if you get him out on that field and just constantly make that big boy move, and then you met, you force them to get him off the field because he's exhausted, it only bodes well for our run game. You wear that big boy out, you wear the other front four out, and our run game then starts to have a different dynamic to it. And then maybe you start to see us pop off a few 30 to 40 yard runs again. You know, because Michigan has, I don't know, five, just off the top of my head, I could say five players offensively that can take it to the house. 
could take it to the house at any given play. So if you pace them out of their comfort zone and you make them get into that kind of fast-paced uh, game plan, I think we I think we have a very good chance of... I, I think maybe we can win this thing by 10. Maybe more. I really do. I, I don't think Georgia can handle this month off. I think if there's, like I said in the last podcast, if there's going to be a team that hands, handles it poorly, it's going to be Georgia. Just because they have to see that film again. They have to watch how Alabama punched them in the face. They have to know that they're not they're not uh, they're not uh, immortals, you know. They're not Zeus coming down from the mountain, you know, like everybody had told them. And if you have fragile egos who have always been told that they are great, and then when they finally meet a team that doesn't give a shit what they've been told, and they punch them in the face, and they don't know how to handle it, those fragile egos break. And we, I mean, as Michigan fans, we know that. I mean, we've seen that year after year with Don Brown's defenses. Hell, even with offenses at Michigan from 2017 on. Hell, you could even say when it got down to the nitty-gritty in 2016, we saw that happen. You know, I mean, Iowa for one. Davion Smith couldn't get out of the end zone. He's a grown man amongst little boys, and he couldn't get out of the end zone. You know what I mean? Things like that. We've seen fragile egos. I've I've seen it personally. That's why I think after watching so many of these Georgia games throughout the year, I, I really do believe that they are a fragile ego. Now listen, I can be completely wrong, and they can come out and be fucking monsters and, you know, just play to the hilt and just really embarrass us. I don't think that's going to happen. Because I don't think we're scared, and that would that would have to be uh, a part of the component of that. I would think. Um, I definitely think that they they're built not to come back, and I, I look forward to seeing how this offense not being scared of them now does Georgia uh, offensively. What like that's a big question, right? I mean, uh, I just I don't know how our our linebackers are going to do with um that tight end i don't obviously josh ross is not going to be anywhere near that tight end um it's going to have to go down to either bennett or it's gonna oh barrett i'm sorry barrett or uh um michael barrett or uh uh junior colson Right, because I don't think Nikhil Hill Green. I don't think they're going to want him anywhere out there on covering that guy. Uh, you might even see Dax do it. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. I can't wait. To be quite honest, that's one of the things I'm super excited about too. Is see what Mike McDonald has planned for that Georgia offense because. Like I've told you, I really do believe Stetson Bennett is a poor man's Sean Clifford. He really is. I mean, he's got the arm like Sean Clifford. He's semi-mobile like Sean Clifford is. I think overall Sean Clifford is a better quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, just from watching him this season, Sean Clifford is a tough mother effer. But I I don't know what Stetson Bennett is. I don't know if he's tough. I mean, I've, I've seen him kind of. Inner, kind of in a fluster, and when that was, that was against Bama, and he didn't do very well. When you get in his face, he crumbled too. Uh, fragile ego, I, which is weird for him being a walk-on. You would think a walk-on with the name Stetson would be 
some dude that is it's like some guy who just walked out of a gunfight at the OK Corral. You wouldn't expect him to crumble under pressure. Um, so that kind of took me back. Uh, so I'm very excited to see how McDonald game plans around that because I think we can shut down their their running game to a certain extent. I, I know they're fast and I know they can get the corner, but what I've been very excited oh well not even excited but what I've been impressed with is the growth from that Michigan State game on how we contain the edge, how we set the edge, and I mean um, Harold um, Harold has been doing a fantastic job in that. I mean the. Maryland game, he had some key stops in setting the edge. Uh, Ohio State, he had key stops. Uh, hell, I even think in Penn State, he had some. So, Harold doing a fantastic job with that. Um, overall, just the defense setting the edge and not allowing that speed to break out and hit, hit the edge on them. Now, I believe with Ross and Hinton and Mozzie Smith in the middle, I think it's going to be hard, hard sledding running up in there. So that's why I worry about uh, shutting down Bennett. I want to get it in his head. I want to get him flustered. And I want to, if we could do what we did to Sean Clifford, to Stetson Bennett, it would be glorious. And a matter of fact, I kind of see um, this game with Georgia playing out a lot like that game with Penn State. It's going to be nerve-wracking. It's going to have its moments where we're like, yes. And I just think that I think Penn State, which is shocking I'm going to say this, I think Penn State's actually uh, more battle-tested than Georgia. So like I said, I think Georgia truly is the fragile ego, and I think we win by 10, but I think it's going to be a good game up until then. Just because they're fragile egos don't mean that those kids can't play ball. I mean, they're five stars for a reason. You know what I mean? So, uh, before we get on to any more things, let's go into one of our first fake sponsorships of the day, and that is Urban Meyer now has found new, he's found a lot more free time on his hands, and he's going to start doing some impromptu speeches. That's right, he's going to every Holiday Inn, uh, to their convention centers or to their little meeting halls, and he's going to have a town hall, uh, and it's a way to become the best leader possible. Now, as you all know, he did do he did teach leadership classes at Ohio State, which doesn't shock me. Uh, does not shock me. I hear that uh, Ryan Day was his best student, which uh, once again doesn't shock me. Uh, but I've got kind of the footnotes. I've got some. I went online and I stole some of the uh, the literature on what he's going to be talking about. Now, they only give you about two or three of the highlights, so this way it entices you to go be a part of the seminar, right? Now, listen, the seminar is only $5,000 per person. Can you imagine? What a steal. You can go and listen to The Urban Meyer tell you about leadership for only $5,000 a person. I mean, that's that's cheap. I mean, I mean, how are we getting such wisdom from such a, I mean, the Gandalf of perversity. Like, he's the perverted Gandalf, and he's going to teach you how to be a leader. I mean, here are just some of the, the steps. Now, he has 10 steps 
steps to being, uh, 10 steps to being a leader, 10 steps to success. Now, some of them that, I only got a couple of them, okay? That's all they had on the website. Um, one is, to be a success, don't learn anyone's name when you don't find any value to their job. Ah, amazing. That's right. Most would say that you would want to be a man of the people. You know, you'd want to, even if you are the CEO, you'd still want to have a conversation with the janitor. Not Urban Meyer. This guy is a true genius. Do not learn anyone's name. Give them nicknames like, hey, dumbass. Hey, fuckhole. Hey, you. Put a fucking smile on your face, asshole. And then, this follows up on this one, okay? Kick those people while asking them to put a fucking smile on their face. It makes them feel like they're part of the team. That's right. Go figure. I thought it would be the opposite. See, this goes to show you, I know nothing of leadership. Because I would have thought that you wouldn't want to kick people while telling them to put a fucking smile on their face. Go figure. But then again, I don't finger pop buttholes in a club that is named after me with my wife and with my wife as a picture on the wall staring at me while I do it. But then again, hey, listen, I, I'm just a man. This is a god here. What are we doing? You know, oh, the third one is, this is very interesting, okay? This, I think, is the cornerstone which he built all his success on. Call all your subordinates. Call them, tell them that they are losers and that they don't know what they're doing, but you're a winner. That's right. And you have to like emphasize winner. You're the winner. They're the losers. See, the losers don't know what's going on, but you're gracing them with your presence because you're a winner. That's right. Because you're a winner, you can kick people and tell them to put a smile on their fucking face. That's right. You don't even have to learn their names. Loser. Fatso. Dumbass. Get over here and let me finger pop your butthole. Because I'm a winner. I'm Urban Meyer. I'm a winner. See? I, I don't know. $5,000 might be too cheap. I mean, you may want to spend more. I'm thinking 10 to 15 easily for this kind of guidance in the world. What are we doing? What are we doing when Urban Meyer is laying out the secrets? It's the secrets of success. I, I can't tell you. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. And then Zach Smith, I hear, is going to be another guest speaker. Zach Smith, if you don't know, is his, uh, his brother-in-law, who was a coach for him, who took pictures of his penis in the White House. That's right, guys. Most of the time, when you get invited to the White House, because your team has done amazing things, right? It's won the national title. You, you know what most people do? They just take the tour. Not Zach Smith. This guy goes into Abraham Lincoln's bedroom and takes pictures of his junk and sends them to everyone. Could you imagine getting that Christmas card? What an honor. And I bet on there he says, hey, fuckhole, enjoy my pecker. I'm telling you, this is, if you're related or even in any way, shape, or form, one of Urban Meyer's favorite people, you are winners. And we're just merely losers. We're just, we're just a squirrel in the world of these guys. And they're just getting our nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, guys, go to Urban Meyer's uh 10 Steps to Success, 
seminar at any Holiday Inn coming your way. And if at all possible, I hear they're going to start it off at every Super 6 motel and work their way up to Holiday Inn. I know. It's, it's amazing. He truly is the man of the people. Okay, so getting back to this. Um, uh... <laughs> I always love shitting on Urban Fire. It's one of my it's one of my favorite favorite things to do. Um I I'm trying to see here. I I don't the keys to the game for me, right? And if Michigan wins, I this is how we do it. And like I said, it's going to obviously be the pacing. It's going to be how does Cade um dictate uh the passing game, right? Like, how does he take advantage of the matchups that he gets with those tight, with those linebackers? Because um, I think, I think the cornerbacks can be had. I really do. As you saw against, um, as you saw against Alabama. Now, listen, Alabama has two NFL wide receivers out there, right? Absolutely, but I still think they can be had, and I, I think how Cade plays. The pacing of the game um, is all going to lead to this victory. Obviously, like I said, the confusing the defense. If you even get them to take three paces, like just three seconds to think, okay, not even three seconds, hell, give them two seconds. Give them two beats, one, two. And if that alone, if they bite on something or if they flow the wrong way, that can create huge holes for our boys to exploit, right? I, I fully, I fully believe that Michigan's offense can absolutely put up points against this team. I think Michigan's going to score thirty. I, de I definitely think you're going to look at a 31-24 type game here. I mean, I think our defense is going to be, they're going to bend, but they're not going to break. I think our defense is going to get some pressure on the kid. Now, that's the thing that also I, I'm i interested to see. How honest and truthful are that offensive, those offensive tackles, how truthful are they with themselves on their true potential to block? Right? Like, are they going to tell the defensive coordinator, hey, I'm going to need help with this guy. And I'm talking about Aiden Hutchinson. I'm going to need you to to chip him. I'm going to, because I can't take him on my own. Or are they going to be like, fuck that. I'm going into the NFL soon. I'm an NFL offensive lineman. And if I can't handle Aiden Hutchinson, I don't deserve to be in the NFL type, right? I hope that's what they do because I think Aiden Hutchinson's going to blow them up. So I can't wait to see that. But let's say they even shut down Aiden Hutchinson. What does Ojabo do? I can't wait to see our front four against their front four or their front five, right? I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see how they interact with one another. I can't see who wins what matchups. Uh, this is going to be exciting. I Like I said, if Michigan loses, it's because... Uh, I truly believe that Georgia exposes our our linebacking core with that tight end. That tight end goes off. I think we have a very, I think we have a rough day. Not that we're going to get blown out by any stretch of the imagination, but losing is definitely on the table. If he goes off and we can't seem to find, like I always use this example. I don't want any of our 
our linebackers looking like Brandon Watson was against and pick any one of the Ohio State wide receivers that game. I don't want any of them to look like that. And if somehow, some way, Georgia figures that out, we're in for a long day. I just, I think the keys to this victory for the defense is pressure, turn. I mean, literally get Stetson Bennett to freak right, like. Make him see ghosts, as uh, as Sam Darnold would say. Make him see ghosts. We have to stop Brock, and then we have to absolutely slow down that run game. And if we can slow down the running backs and force Bennett to be their leading rusher, I think we have a really good chance. I really do, because he's not as gifted as Sean Clifford is at running. So I, I would much rather see him take off and run than any of those running backs because he's not going to break them. But I don't want to see like a third and eight where he runs for like 10. You know, that's the shit that's going to kill us. But I would much rather have him be the person we need to, to key on than having to slow down those four and five star running backs. Um, that's it. I, I just, I think the, Offensively, like I said, pacing and confusing the defense, getting them tired, and then having our run game finally take advantage of that, right? And I think that's the two ingredients to getting our run game to take off is by by making those big boys move. Um, players of the game for me, I would say, I'm going to say it's going to be Michael Barrett. Because I obviously, yeah, I could do the the obvious ones, you know. Oh, Aiden Hutchinson, well, duh, right? If if we're going to beat Georgia, obviously Aiden Hutchinson, Ojabo are going to have to have great days defensively, and in my opinion, uh, Haskins or Corum. To be quite honest with you, I think Corum is going to have a day. I really do. I think he presents a challenge to Georgia's defense that they haven't really been able to see. I, th- But so does Haskins, though. I don't know. That's the thing. It's so hard to pick either one of them because they're so good. They're just so good. So to me, offensively, the player of the game is going to be Cade McNamara. In my opinion, he's going to have to come through with some keep key throws. I mean, I'm talking like a third and 12 where he hits all for 14 or what he did against Michigan State where he hits Andrew Anthony for a 93-yard touchdown. He's going to have to kind of do a poor man's Bryce Young. And if he does, and he's the player of the game, I'm telling you, we win this thing by 10. I just, I have a very good feeling about this. I, I Josh Gaddis has thoroughly impressed me. Um, so I think we're going to confuse him. I think we're going to have the pacing we need. And if Cade can just make those throws, and I mean make those throws to where the guys are running underneath them, where they don't have to make some crazy circus jump and catch, you know, things like that. If he does that, we... Uh, we're going to play Alabama, guys. I'm telling you, I I have all the faith in the world. Michael Barrett. The only reason why I pick Michael Barrett is because he's the more athletic uh, uh, linebacker, and I think he out of if if Dax Hill isn't the one on Brock, I think it's or Brock Bowers, right? Brock Bowers. Uh, it's going to be Barrett, in my opinion, and I think he's going to have a great day, and if he can slow down. Bowers, poof! It could if they if they can essentially 
take Brock Bowers out of this game. Oof. Beating Georgia gets increasingly easier. It's still going to be one monumental task. Like I said, I see this thing being a fucking fight. I think we still pull it off and we win by 10 towards the end. I think it's going to be a lot like that Penn State game, guys. I really do. Um, what gives me... I just... I, I just... I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that we're going to lose. I, I've watched both of these teams play all season long. Georgia can, can be beat. They can absolutely be beat. Alabama proved it. All Georgia is is just five-star Wisconsin. That's all it is. They're just five-star Wisconsin. That's it. They're in a bad division and a very good conference, and they always have to play. They always it's them or Florida, right? And Florida is more like Iowa. But that's all I'm saying, man. I'm telling you, we can do this. I have all the hope in the world we can do this. Um. Oh, before we get out of here, we have one more. We have one more um sponsor. And that is, let me see if I can find the read. Oh, Shea Patterson's quarterback camp. That's right, guys. If your child has dreams of playing quarterback in college football and you don't want him to and you want him to play some other sport or even get into some other line of work, take this kid to Shea Patterson's quarterback camp because he will destroy your son's hopes and dreams in one simple day. That's right, guys. One simple day. Shea Patterson. By the way, it's at a golf course, just so you know, because Shea believes in one thing, golf over football. That's right. Leadership doesn't come from the football field, guys. It comes from the putt on 18. That's right. Can you chip out of the sand wet? I mean, can you, just, you know I know nothing about golf. You can tell that, right? <laughs> uh, but Shea Patterson will show you will show your child how to throw five yards behind your wide receiver. If you want your son to hit his wide receivers in the ankles, then take him to Shea Patterson's quarterback camp. That's right, guys. He will show you how a 15-yard out can be labored and look like it's going three miles per hour. That's right. And that's what he calls doing Shea things. That's right, guys. Shea things. Um, special guest, uh, special guest instructor, John O'Corn. That's right, guys. Uh, he is taken. He's got the night off from his uh, midnight manager shift over at Jack in the Box to come out and show your kids how to overthrow all your wide, all their wide receivers by at least fifteen yards. That's right. Now, if John O'Corn can't do it because he can't get out of his shift. They're going to have somebody even better at that. And that is Joe Milton. Joe Milton will show up and show your kids how to throw the ball so hard that it breaks your wide receiver's hands and forces them to never want to play the game of football again. That's right. Eric All can attest to how crappy and how hard Joe Milton throws that ball. That's right. Eric All didn't even seem like he knew how to play the game of football. In 2020. Now in 2021, Mike has worked his way, played his way into maybe going to the NFL draft. That's right, guys. From the outhouse to the penthouse. All because of Joe Milton left the team. Go figure. That's the guy who's going to be showing your kids how to overthrow everyone. If John O'Corn can't get out of his midnight shift over at Jack in the Box. Um, guys, 
the it, don't take my word for it, okay? Don't take my word for it. Take the Milburn Gazette's word for it. It says Patterson O'Corn redefine what it makes or what it takes to be an awful quarterback. That's right. That's just not me. The Milburn Gazette, and I can't wait to see what the Milburn Gazette has to say about Joe Milton joining the, making the, the unholy trifecta. Can't wait, guys. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, so if you hate your kids and you don't want his dreams to come true, please take him to Shea Patterson's quarterback camp. That's right. Quarterback camp by Shea Patterson. Go figure. Uh, so, guys, uh, that's it. A great episode. I love this episode. We're going to win. Uh, my prediction is going to be 31-24 and an epic game that we eventually pull out. Um, I know I said we're going to win by 10. I just, I don't know. Man, that's a, that's a lot. It's a lot. <sighs> Fuck it. You know what? 34-24. Boom! I'm going with what I say. 34-24. Michigan's going to win this bad boy. It's going to be close. It's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to find ourselves playing Alabama for the national title. I uh, can't get any better than this, guys. It just can't. By the way, thank you guys for everything you guys do. Um, the numbers have been just skyrocketing lately. Things are getting much, much better. I really appreciate it. Um, if anything, if all I could ever ask you is just, if you have any Michigan fans that you know, please just let them listen to me once, and I hope I can sell them. If I can't sell them, then that's fine, and I, I just deal with that. But I know once you listen to this show, you love it. Or at least I hope you do, because I know I love it. And I love you guys, and this has been the greatest thing I've ever started. I love doing it. I look forward to doing it every week. So guys, I can't wait. Thank you so much for returning after such an awful season last year. And it's so great that we can all be a part of this wonderful journey. Um, so yeah, guys, just hit me up on all social media. Um, please go to Spotify. Hit your boy up on a five-star review there. Go to Apple Podcasts, do the same thing. And, you know, let's just get this Michigan Maniac podcast into the national level, babies. Let's do this. Because um, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine right now. It is fucking fantastic to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys, go blue.